last week, we live from the inside out. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Just another way of saying what's on the inside of me and you, it shows up on the outside and how we deal with the pressures, the conflicts that life brings. So, you know, as the world continues, uh, the tirade talking about sickness and, and ill health and this, we need to counteract that with what God says about our physical bodies in his word. And he says a whole lot about it. So I want to talk about that and continue to talk about that again today. Um, you know, let me say this before I get into what I want to share today. I, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I went to church from the time I was born until I was 18 years old, almost 18 years old and, and never heard one message on the subject of divine healing. Um, uh, all I ever heard was, was that it may or may not be the will of God to heal you. So, you know, faith begins where God's will is known. And if you, if you don't know God really wants you to have something, how can you have faith for it? So I had no faith in God for healing. It was subjected to circumstance, et cetera. And uh, so it wasn't until I was 18 and I came back to Jesus, got filled with the Holy Spirit, really got in the word that, uh, that I, I found out that healing was as much the will of God as the forgiveness of my sins is the will of God through Christ. Both of them are avail available through Jesus, both the forgiveness of sin and the healing of disease, the same sacrifice uh, paid for both. And I didn't know that until I was 18 years old. So, uh, you know, uh, I had I was filled with lots of fear up until that time in my life. And, you know, when I got in the word about healing, it chased all of my fears away. You may be you may be filled with fear of sickness, fear of disease, fear of covid or a thousand and one other things. You know what? You, have, you know how you counter, counteract that? It's, it's confidence in God through his word. The more word I have in me, the more I'll be able to counteract and resist all of the information that comes uh, from the outside, from all the sources it comes from. And maybe for the first time in your life, the way it happened to me, maybe for the first time in your life, you can live a fear-free life. How would that be? Let me say this. I've said this so many times. There'll never be a time in our lives that we don't need healing either for ourselves or for someone else. And, and we don't need faith in God for healing either for ourselves or for someone else. For that reason, all of my life, and again, I say this a lot, but I'm into my 46th year in Jesus, 45 years and some months, and I have regularly built my faith up all of those decades of time by getting in the word about faith and getting in the word about healing, getting in the word about answered prayer. And here's what you'll find out. We have a leaking problem just because you read it one time doesn't mean that you absorb it and it stays in you. We leak it out with life. I have to renew my spiritual strength every single day, and, and we all do. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. And it's what we put on the inside of us every single day that determines our faith, and it also determines our responses, doesn't it, when the challenges of life come up. So my heart today, again, is to, is to fill us up with faith in God concerning healing and counteract all of the negatives that are coming to us from, from all of the avenues they come from with all the information that uh, we are bombarded with on a, on a regular basis. Let me also say this. If, if we wait to get faith when we really need it, we'll be at a disadvantage. So, you know, 
Uh, don't wait for an emergency. So maybe I need to read my Bible or maybe I need to pray or maybe I need to find out what God says about answer prayer for, or, or what God says about divine healing. Don't wait uh, until you got to do it. You know, we, we want to start way, way, way ahead of time. Don't wait for the physical challenge to come stored up. Now, you know, a couple of years ago, remember when COVID started? It's funny. Remember when COVID started? Everybody bombarded the uh, grocery store and took all of the paper towels and toilet paper. You couldn't find a roll anywhere, hardly. And uh, so Susan and I, you know, we got this we got this closet off of our one of our main rooms. And, uh, you know, you open that closet door. I mean, Susan, every time she'd go to anywhere, that had toilet paper or paper towel. She'd she'd buy a you know buy a buy a pack of of them. And so every time we opened that door, it was chalk all the way up, all the way full of uh, toilet paper and paper towels. We were not going to run out. Do that with your faith. Don't wait till it's at low ebb. Build yourself up. You know, if we do that, it, it's just it's just really really smart. You know, don't wait until the crisis. You know, people wait. They got to go buy their bread and their milk. You know. Uh, when uh, when inclement weather comes and and uh, Susan was there yesterday and said a lot of the shelves were bare because uh, you know people were swiping up everything that was available so you know don't do that with our faith you know uh, store it up ahead of time you know uh, there are people today who are preppers a prepper is a person who stores food and other things that they may need if something happened to the food supply or if something happened to the electricity or water and, you know, life is way out of kilter, way out of normal. They call them preppers. Well, what if you, what if we become spiritual preppers? What if you prepare yourself for the eventuality of a challenge with our faith, with respect to healing? You know what you'll find out? Uh, You'll find out if you do it ahead of time, then when the challenge comes, we'll be ready for it. So God wants us to walk in divine health. He wants us to keep our faith built up in him for health and healing. And that's what I want to help you with today. Uh, two things I want to encourage you, and all of us need to today to do two things. Number one, we need to deal with fear. Listen to this. I've got it in my notes here. Faith cancels fear or fear cancels faith. Now, let me ask you a question. Which side of that equation are you on? Is your faith-canceling fear that comes from the outside trying to get in you? Or or is fear canceling the faith that you have? We determine, each one of us individually determine which side of that equation that we are on. I want to encourage you as a pastor highly. Listen, I've seen so many people when the challenges of life come, they're not prepared, they're not ready, and their fear cancels their faith. Don't be that person. Be the person that you've built yourself up. You're a spiritual prepper, as it were. You got yourself ready. The word is inside of you. And uh, and and then when the challenge comes, you're ready for it. Time and time and time again, I have been so thankful. I've had the devil attack me just like you thousands of times physically over all of these decades of time. And over and over and over again, I found that because I had been in the word, because I had been meditating on scripture about healing, when when sickness, when other things came to challenge my health, I said, uh-uh, uh, wait just a minute. Here's what God said. And I found that I answered the challenge from the inside with the word. And you know, you can do that too. I mentioned this last week. If you don't have, um, you know, if you don't have four or five scriptures revolving around inside of you concerning faith, concerning answered prayer, 
concerning healing, you probably don't have what it takes. You're, you're, you're not prepared well. We, you make sure you have them. I've done your homework for you. Uh, you know, it's available on the website, on the sermon notes. Make sure that you just don't hear me on Sundays. You got, we got to put it into practice and put shoe leather on it every single day of the week. Take time daily to meditate on the word. If we do that, then, then we're going to be blessed. So the first thing, we've got to deal with fear today. Secondly, I ask you, and I mentioned this last week, to what information sources do you give the most attention to? Now, let that sink in. Let me ask you again. To what information sources do you give the most attention to? Now, that's a challenge. There's lots of information sources today. Most people hang out and spend most of their time today, particularly if you're younger, they spend their time on social media. If you spend the bulk of your time on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, or other things. I'm going to tell you, I probably the word's not living in you very richly. Whatever I spend the bulk of my time on is what I'm, only, I'm going to be filled with. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I peruse the news sites. I want to know, I want to stay abreast of current events and all that. But I don't do that until my heart heart is chock full of the word of God. I've meditated in scripture. I've prayed. I've sought God. I wait till I'm full inside before I do anything else. And you know what? We'd all be wise to do that. Do the first things first. Do the most important things first. Again, I mentioned this last week that faith comes by hearing Romans 10, 17 says, and hearing uh, by the word of God. So whatever we give our ears to the most is what we're going to be filled with the most. So I want myself filled with faith in God for, for answered prayer, for healing, for him to come through when, when uh, whatever challenge comes up and I face in life, I want you to be that way too. And you know, if we will, uh, if we'll do that, we'll be really, really blessed. Um, my encouragement, change the atmosphere. Let's make 2022 a year that we make sure that we change the atmosphere of our life from fear, from doubt uh, to, uh, to faith and trust and belief that God will come through in every eventuality that comes this year. So today I'm going to get right to it. Um, I want to talk to you about the basis for healing. When I found this out, and again, I was 18 years old. I, I can't overemphasize enough. I went to church three times, listen, three times a week, all right? I mean, that's that's a lot for a kid. And I did that all my life. My parents were quiet. If I was living in their house, I went with them to their church. And, and you know what? I didn't have a choice. Got the teenage years. Well, if you're going to live here, you're going. So I went. And uh, some parents need to put your foot down, have your children go to church with you. That's the truth. It's really what, what you emphasize They'll emphasize, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So uh, anyway, but but I was 18 years old. This is what shocks me. Before I ever, ever found out biblically from scripture, the scriptural precedence to believe that God is as willing to heal me as he is to save me from my sin. Now, now I didn't know that prior to 18 years old. And I spent all that time in, in church life. And let me say this, most churches don't teach what I'm teaching today. It's not in the seminaries. You know, they don't find it in their schooling and in most seminaries. Now you find some, uh, you, you find some in uh, Bible schools and such that are spirit filled and have really, really gotten into the word of God in, in a deep way. 
uh, concerning healing and concerning the Holy Spirit's power and such that will teach these things. But by and large, the denominational world have left us high and dry with respect to faith in God for divine healing. And I want to stir that up today. Let's get right to it. Uh, Isaiah 53 is the chapter in the Bible that uh, Bible scholars call the great redemptive chapter because every verse is talking about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. This is 700 years before Christ. Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah prophesied, and he really spoke of the person that was to come that would take our sins. So again, uh, faith in God for healing. Here's the basis and the foundation, the biblical foundation to for our belief system with respect to divine healing. That is that God wants to heal us. And uh, so let's get right into this. And, and before I even get here, friend, it's the will of God to heal you. I don't care what it is. It's not the will of God that we be sick. It's the will of God that we be healed and well. I've got a lesson, seven reasons it's the will of God to heal you. It might be 10. I may, I may cover that sometime, but uh, it is the will of God for you to be well. The enemy would talk us out of that, but I want to encourage you that it's God's will to heal you. I don't care what the symptom is. I don't care what the circumstance is. I don't care what the disease is. I don't care what the challenge is you're facing. It's the will of God to heal you across the board if we'll put ourselves in position to receive. So I'm going to get right into this. This is the basic foundation for healing. Here's Isaiah 53. I'm going to read the first six verses. Now I'm reading from New King James because the verbiage is, uh, is good and, and it helps me uh, go back to the Hebrew. The uh, Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, and uh, it helps us look at some of those words today. So here we are. Verse one, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse four, surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And verse five says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Verse six, ending with this. All we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, though those verses are powerful. They're all speaking about the Lord Jesus and what he did for us. Let's go right back up to verse one. Notice it says here, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. So, so it starts, who have believed our report? You know what faith is? It's believing the report. I mean, it's, uh, it's believing what the Bible says. Now, reports are coming all the time. You can get a report from your doctor. You can get a, a report from Mr. Fauci. You can get a report from the president. You can get a, a report from your hospital. You can get a report from your pharmacist, from your family, from your friends, and they can say all kinds of all kinds of things about you and about your health. But, you know, when you boil it all down, whose report 
are you going to choose to believe? All of my life, y'all, I've heard all kinds of things from all sorts of people in, in, in all kinds of walks of life with respect to me and my health. Boil it down. I've chosen to believe God's report. Who has believed our report, Isaiah says, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord has to do with uh, God's arm of salvation and uh, is talking about his redemptive plan. That's available. Redemption is available. Healing is available. Deliverance is available to those who believe the report. Verse two, he says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no formal comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. One thing I just want to bring out in that verse, it says he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Now, a root out of dry ground is a supernatural birth. Uh, you know, it takes water and sunshine. Of course, you know, a, a, a seed's got to be planted in soil. As long as it's in short soil, if it's warmed by the sun and, uh, and, and moisturized by water, then you know what? That seed's going to sprout. But here's a root out of dry ground. This is out of order. This is, this is not the normal way a person was born. So Jesus is called here a root out of dry ground because it was a supernatural birth. He had no earthly father. His mother was found of child by the Holy Spirit and it makes him a supernatural person. So let's talk about Jesus here. Verse three, it says he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and, to, and acquainted with grief. I want to come back to the word sorrows and come back to the word grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Now, if you look back to the uh, original language of scripture, the Hebrew text, and you can go to a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. In fact, now they have them digitally. I have one on my iPad. You can uh, get a New King James Strong's Bible. And actually, uh, it's what uh, Strong's did over 100 years ago is he... <clears throat> excuse me, annotated every verse of the Bible, every word in the Bible with a, with a, with a, a, a numerical code um, to that particular Hebrew or Greek word. And, and, and then he, can, he gives you the original meaning of the word in English. So again, when it says here, he's despised, rejected by me and a man of sorrows, that word sorrows, the Hebrew word is macabre. And if you you can do it yourself. I've got, I don't have them all in my notes. I put a couple of references from other places in the Old Testament. But uh, when you look at this word sorrows in the Old Testament Hebrew, um, it's, it's also translated as pains. And, and there are many references in the Old Testament to this Hebrew word macabre being translated pains. So again, you could read it. He's despised, rejected by men, a man of pains. Then it says, and acquainted with grief. The Hebrew word for grief is the word C-H-O-L-I, coli, and, and it's elsewhere translated. And I've put many references in the notes. In fact, you can go look, look them up. Or again, to get a Strong's Exhaustive uh, Concordance or a, a New King James Strong's, and you can look it up. And this word coli is translated sickness many times in the Old Testament. So again, you could read this verse. He's despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrow, a man of pains, 
and acquainted with sickness. That's literally the way the verse reads. Now, there's the foundation for Jesus becoming our sickness as well as our sin when he died on the cross for us. So let's look at it again. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Then verse four of Isaiah 53, it says, surely. Now there is not a, not a more positive assertion in the English language than the word surely, surely, positively, absolutely, we might say today. Surely he's born. We'll come back to that word born. He's born our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Now I mentioned this last week, but it bears, it bears repeating again that um, many people and, and many commentators even mentioned this, that Isaiah 53, 4 is, is talking about Jesus bearing our sins, not bearing our sicknesses. But I want to challenge that and say that's not correct. Isaiah 53, 4 is talking about Jesus becoming not only our sin bearer, because it'll mention that later in the verses, but it's talking about Jesus becoming our sickness bearer. We believe that Jesus bore our sins, as, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And, and you know, as well as I, when Jesus went to the cross, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when God placed our sins upon him. Isaiah goes a step further and you see it clearly in verse four, that when Jesus became our sin sacrifice, Jesus also became the sacrifice that bore our sicknesses. You got to meditate on that. I have for a lot of hours in my life over all these years, once you get it cemented on the inside of you, so to speak, that when Jesus took our sins, he also took our sicknesses. I mean, faith blossoms. It really does. So a lot of people say here, however, that, that well, this is really just talking about, and I mentioned this last week, just talking about sin, not sickness. And, um, you know, uh, they say, well, Jesus bore our spiritual sickness. Let me say, first of all, um, sin is not, a, 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 you know, it, it's, it's sin and sin is not, Sin is not a, a spiritual sickness. And that's what a lot of people think. Well, sin's just a spiritual sickness. And so God heals us. We don't get healed from our sins. My friends, we get delivered from our sins. Second, I mentioned this last week, Second Corinthians, you know, 517, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. G John 3, Jesus said, um, to Nicodemus, except you be born again. To receive the new birth means there is a transformation on the inside. It's not a healing on the inside. It's a complete revolution, transformation. We pass from spiritual death to spiritual life. First uh, John 3, 14, we know we've passed from death to life, spiritual death to spiritual life because we love the brother. So again, you know, it's not being healed spiritually. No, no, we're transformed spiritually. Here, it reveals that he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So, you know, God obviously knew that people would, 
you know, look look at this verse and 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 say and ascribe to that only, uh, you know, forgiveness of sin, saying that sin is uh, this is talking about spiritual sins. Jesus uh, healed healed us of our spiritual sickness, so he gave us a commentary. Matthew chapter eight. Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing uh, from his vantage point the life of Jesus, and it says here in verse sixteen of Matthew eight, when the evening had come. They brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. And then right in line with that, that it might, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, right here, here's a divine commentary of Matthew 53, four. This is a direct quote from Isaiah, I meant to say Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4. Here's an exact quote here in in Matthew 8, 17 of Isaiah 53, 4. And he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Previous verses, he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all that were sick. And then immediately there's a comma and then he continues the sentence that it might be fulfilled. How is it fulfilled? How is what Isaiah the prophet How is what Isaiah the prophet said fulfilled? (laughs) Because he cast out spirits with a word and healed all that were sick. He himself took our infirmities and bare sicknesses. So very clear. Here's a a supernatural commentary by God, by the Holy Spirit on Isaiah 53, 4. Jesus, when he hung on the cross, not only became our sin, he also became our sickness. So again, surely he's borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, our physical pains, yet we esteem them stricken, smitten by God and and afflicted. So again, uh, I want to draw your attention to two other verse uh, words in this verse, Isaiah 53, 4. So we've talked about griefs being sicknesses, and we've talked about um, sorrows being pains. There, There are two other words here that are really, really, really insightful. And they're really words that are used uh, in Leviticus 16. So I call them Levitical words, referring to the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 16. And look at this. Um, These two words, surely he has borne, B-O-R-N-E. It means means to to carry something away. I'll look at the definition in a minute. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. And then the word carried our sorrows or pain. So Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pain. Now the Hebrew for the word born, again, go get your uh, Strong's uh, New Testament uh, and he gives you the words, or you can look it up in W.E. Vaughn's dictionary of Old Testament words. And the Hebrew word for born, B-O-R-N-E in this verse is the word nasa, N-A-S-A, nasa or N-A-S-A. And it means to lift up. It means to bear away. It means to convey or to remove to a distance. Now look at what he said. Surely he has lifted up. He's borne away, conveyed or removed to a distance. What? Our sicknesses. How did he do it? He took them. You get it? So, and then carried. Now the Hebrew word for carried is the word sabal, S-A-B-A-L. And it means to assume a heavy burden, a complete removal of the thing that is born. So it's no longer, it's, it's no longer there. It's been completely removed. Now that's what Jesus did 
on the cross. He took our sins. You could say Jesus bore our sins that way. That's absolutely 100% correct. He who knew no sin became our sin, but he who knew no sickness became our sickness. That means he lifted our sickness up. He bore it away. He conveyed it and carried it to a far distance from us, just like he did our sins. That, my friends, is amazing. And then it says he carried our sorrows or our pains. Again, he assumed the burden of our pains, physical pains, and he completely removed them, just like he completely removed our sin. You know, a person now, now just because Jesus did this doesn't mean that you're going to walk in the light of it. You've got to take advantage of it. You know, salvation's available. How many know that? For everybody in the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But you know, the, the people that really partake of it are the ones that believe the report, believe what the Bible says about Jesus being the virgin-born son of God. They believe that he came on a mission to become our sin, pay our sin penalty, rise from the dead, be seated at God's right hand as the personal, God's personal representative for the human race, our lawyer that never loses a case. He became that. See, if you believe that, you can be saved. Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He said, you'll be saved with the heart you believe, with the mouth confessions made to salvation. Now, there are a lot of people, hopefully you have, and those that attend Victory Church, and I think most everybody born again, that means we believed and we've received salvation. You got to do the same thing with healing. You know, it's it's not it, what isn't true is that automatically everybody's saved. That's not true. Well, in the same way, not everybody's automatically healed. You got to believe what God has said, and you got to do something with it with your heart and your faith. And if we do that, we're born again with our sins. We, we're forgive. We're sin forgiven, and then we do the same thing for healing. We got to. We got to believe what God says, what, what the Bible clearly says here, that when Jesus took our sins, he also took our, our sicknesses and our pains, and then we've got to make it personal, see? And, and then he'll remove them from us. Isaiah 53, 11 and 12, uh, again, it talks about these two words, this, this word um, uh, bore, look at this, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, this is again, Isaiah 53, 11 and 12, this is New Living Translation now though. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will, he will carry all their sins. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was accounted among the rebels and he bore... He lifted them up, removed them to a distance, the sins of many, and interceded for the rebels. So here in Isaiah 53, 11 and 12, that word carried and the word bore, they're used for, for you know, Jesus taking our sins away. The way the scapegoat in the, old, in, in the book of Leviticus did on the Day of Atonement. So, so let me change a little bit now. Let's look at the book of Leviticus real quickly. This won't take very long. But I want you to see this very clearly. Uh, Leviticus 16, the whole chapter talks about the Day of Atonement. It's the one day on the Jewish cal calendar every year that uh, the, the sins of Israel were covered by a sacrificial animal being slain and its blood 
being placed in the Holy Holies of Holies, right on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And, and it covered typically their sins every year. And they had to do it every single year, the Day of Atonement. The high priest went in. And here's what happened on the Day of Atonement. Watch this. The high priest, because he was sinful, because he's human, he took a, he took a goat and he had to slay an animal for his own sins and make sacrifice for his personal sins. You can read about this the first few verses of Leviticus 16. Then, then he took two goats. He cleaned them up really good, washed them really fine. And, uh, and then he kind of did this. So two goats, one was going to be left alive and one was going to be sacrificed. And, and the sacrificial goat, of course, you know, he's killed and his blood is again placed in the Holy of Holies right on the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. And so he has two, one's going to live, one's going to die. One is called the scapegoat. So, so the high priest, you know, he sacrifices the goat for himself. And then he says they bring in two other goats and they're without spot, spot, without blemish, because they're a type and shadow of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. And so he kind of does this, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, you know, which one, which one's going to be the scapegoat? Which one is the Lord's? And this is in the scripture, the Lord's lot. Which one, which one, they roll the dice, which one, which one is marked as the, the goat that, that dies? And which one is going to be left alive as the scapegoat? And once that's determined, and of course the high priest, you can read this again in Leviticus 16, he takes the, 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 the goat that's going to be slain, he takes it, and they sacrifice it, kill it, and then take its blood again, pour it on the mercy seat, which is the lid for the Ark of the Covenant. And they put that blood there. And typically blood covers sin. So when God's, God looks down on the Ark of the Covenant, which is a covenant with his people, he sees the blood and he sees that he sees the blood covers or atones for the sins of all Israel for one year. Now that's the day of atonement. Second thing that happens, which I want to read this, this is Leviticus 16, 21 and 22. Second thing is the scapegoat. The high priest, once he slays the sacrificial goat, he takes the scapegoat, takes it aside and look what he does to the scapegoat. He will lay, speaking of the high priest, he will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it. Watch this. All the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. It's a typical act. It's a, a type and shadow of God placing our sins on Christ 700 years after this happened. In, well, hundreds of years after this happened. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry. Wow, there's that word carry again. That word which means to remove a heavy burden and a complete removal of the thing board will carry the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. You know, this. Uh, I have to say this, I was in uh, Israel many years ago, uh, 10 years ago, and uh, and we were right on the Mount of Olives. And if you, you stand one section of the Mount of Olives and look down in this big valley, and our guide took us to, you know, the edge of the little road right there, you know, the bank of the road. And, and we looked over and said, see that big valley right there? And then and then he mentioned, she mentioned, lady, she mentioned, she said, now, now this is where the high priest would take the goat that was let go into the wilderness, there's the wilderness the goat was, was uh, uh, let, uh, led into. And, and they let the goat go and he went into that wilderness there. 
And typically he took the sins of Israel with him. You know what? That's the type and shadow of Jesus becoming our sin. Jesus going to hell in our place. Jesus completely removing our sin debt. That happened year after year on the day of atonement. And then when the New Testament era comes in, Jesus, the Lamb of God, actually manifests. You know, Jesus, the very end of his life, 33 and a half years of age, when he hung on the cross, I mentioned it earlier, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he was made to be our sin. And when Jesus was made to be our sin, it was a fulfillment of Leviticus 16, 21 and 22. That high priest laid his hands on that goat and transferred uh, onto that goat all of the sins of Israel. That, that goat stood for and that goat became the sins of Israel. And then he was led away. Now, now, now that's those same words are used in reference to sickness and disease in Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he's born our sicknesses and carried our pains. So Jesus became just like that goat typically became the sins of Israel. Well, Jesus became our sins, yes, but he also became our sicknesses. They were placed on his own body on the tree. Jesus became our sins and sicknesses on the cross. And he removed both of them completely from us. We have a commentary in Matthew chapter 9. Here was a man who was perhaps a quadriplegic, and he was carried by four of his friends and let down through a thatched uh, covered roof uh, down into a place where Jesus was, uh, was ministering. And the religious people were upset with Jesus to begin with. And Jesus said this, what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? And then he said, so that you may know that I have power to forgive sins. He looked at the man and said, rise up and be healed. See, the same, here's what Jesus was trying to convey, I believe. The same sacrifice that he was about to, about to give that would cure our sin problem would also cure our sickness problem. And he proved it right there in Matthew chapter nine, those first few verses. Go look that up. You'll find that to be very, very interesting. On the cross, Jesus became both our sins and our sicknesses. Now, if you've not heard this a lot, you got to meditate on this. That, you got to let it just think about it. It was like more than I could believe when I first heard it when I was 18. It's like, is this really real? Did Jesus really do this for me? Yes, he did. <laughs> he became your sickness. But see, just like you have to believe that he took your sins and bore your sin penalty, you also believe that he, you also have to allow yourself to believe that he took your sicknesses and your pains, and he carried them so you don't have to. See, it's the, the same kind of faith that heals us, that, that forgives us. It is the same kind of faith that, that, that causes us to receive healing from the Lord. So, so, you know, this is the divine commentary on divine healing. These, these first few verses of Isaiah 53, and then if you understand the scapegoat in Leviticus 16, clearly when Jesus took our sins, he also took our sicknesses. And that's the basis for faith in God for divine healing. And, and if you've not heard that a lot before, you know, your mind's probably saying, for real, are you sure? Well, yeah, go read it. It's clear. It's forever settled in heaven. God wants you. It's as much God's will to heal you as it is to save you, according to these verses. Now, we got we to gotta fit the parameters. 
There's some things that we have to do if we're going to receive forgiveness. There's some things we got to do if we're going to receive healing. So let me let me give you one other illustration before we close today. Uh, since we don't have service, a little can of fudge go a little bit longer, okay? So Numbers 21, watch this. Uh, um, uh, verses 4 through 9, Numbers 21. This is New Living Translation. Just listen to this. This is Israel. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. Uh, but the people grew impatient with a long journey. So they're on a long journey. They got aggravated. They begin to speak against God and Moses. The wrong thing to do. Listen. Uh, for all of us, you don't want to gossip about the leaders that God has placed in the body of Christ. You may not like them. You may not agree with them. But the wrong thing to do is, is let your mouth say things about them to others so their ears can pick up and hear it that slander them and say things that should not be said. They did that and they got in big, big trouble. The people grew impatient. Now, that's not saying let me. Let me put the other side. Nothing wrong with going to your pastor, spiritual leader, say, can we talk? I'm challenged about this, this, and this, and you want to do this. See, see, everybody, I need a good challenge. Anything I say and do, it should be challenged about anybody, but not disrespectfully behind the back, slandering. That's different. See the difference? So again, they begin to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat, nothing to drink. We hate this horrible manna. They were complaining about everything. And he said, so the Lord sent, now, now here's what it said. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and many were bitten and died. When it says the Lord sent, now God didn't say snakes, go get them. He just said, he backed his presence off. He backed his protective power off and what was already there just came in and invaded their camp. So poisonous snakes came among the people Many were bitten and died. The poisonous snakes bit them and they died. Then the people came to Moses, cried out, we've sinned. And um, by speaking against the Lord and against you, pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, now watch, this is so cool. Here's what God, here's what God told Moses. So um, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. Now that sounds really strange to me. So they took some brass, they, they, made a, they, made a, they made a snake and they put it on top of a pole and, and Moses stuck it up, stuck, uh, stuck it up in the air and he said this, make a replica of a poisonous snake, attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. Isn't that strange? So Moses made a snake out of bronze, attached it to a pole. Then anyone bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. Now, that story right there so so a bunch of them got you know snake bit and the poisons begin to invade the bodies what do i do what do i do moses said look at the snake look at the snake hey hey look at the snake there's somebody way out in the camp look at the snake look at the snake i'm sick i'm about to die look at the snake and the moment they started looking at the snake on the pole they started getting better they take their eyes away from the snake on the pole they start getting sicker and the poison begins to take effect but as long as they keep their eyes on the snake they get healed because it's a type and shadow of what was to come. Everything God did in the Old Testament points to Jesus, points to what he did. That snake on the pole is a representation of Jesus himself. In fact, in fact, um, uh, we'll, we'll read it in just a minute. Listen to what Numbers 21.9 says. Amplified Old Testament, Moses made a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole, and if the serpent had bitten any man, uh, when he looked to the serpent of bronze attentively 
expectantly with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. It had to be an an on-purpose look. When they looked at the snake, they were healed. Now, here's the kicker. Listen to John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Here's a divine commentary of what happened there in Numbers 21. And As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Now, that is an amazing comparison. Jesus is the serpent on the pole. Jesus is the son of God made sin. Jesus is the son of God made sickness. And see the type and shadow so very clearly. As long as the Israelites looked at the serpent on the pole, the type and shadow of Jesus being made our sin and our sickness, as long as they looked, they were healed. You know what? If we're willing to do that today, We got to look away from all the media outlets. We got to look away from all the doubt, the fear, the unbelief that's that's coming constantly every day from all of the media sources, all the social uh, apps that you look at, all of the people that are saying this and saying that, all of the thoughts. If we'll look away from that, the way the Israelites looked away from the snake bite and looked at the serpent of the pole, we look away from all of the circumstances around us and, and put our single focus on what God has said about us and his word about healing. You know what? Just like the Israelites were healed of that snake bite, God will heal you of sickness and disease. But it's got to be a steady steadfast, absorbing gaze. That is, you can't one minute say, well, God said that, but I don't know. And then you look back at the circumstance. See, the Israelites, they had to keep their gaze on the snake on the pole. They looked down at the snake bite. They begin to lose their faith and lose out and get sick again. And we've got to be willing to do the same thing. Friends, Jesus, when he died on the cross for us, he took our sins and he also took our sicknesses. And he bore them for us just like that Levitical scapegoat. And he removed them from us. He lifted them up. He bore them away. He assumed the heavy burden of our sicknesses and our pains. And he bore them for us so that we can be not only forgiven of our sins, but also healed of our diseases. I want to encourage you, expect God, just like you can expect God to forgive your sin, expect God to heal you of your of, of illnesses that come and you do it the same way that you uh, that you uh, receive forgiveness for sin. How do we how how do we receive forgiveness for sin? Well, you know, Paul tells, tells us very clearly, if you confess with your mouth, the, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved from your sin. So it's a heart thing. And then what's in your heart's got to come out of your mouth. And, and see, that's a prayer of repentance. And, you know, You may be watching me today and maybe you don't attend Victory Church here in Raleigh, but maybe you just happened on our site and here you are and and you don't know the Lord. And uh, or or maybe you're you're here watching today and you're away from the Lord. You can come back. What have you got to do? Number one, repent. Recognize that what you've been doing, the way you've been living, it has kept you away from God. It's our sins that have separated us from God. All have sinned and fall short of God's standards. Romans 3.23 is is very clear. The wages of sin is death, spiritual death, but the gift of God's eternal life 
through Jesus. Romans 6, 23 says, and if we put faith in God in that, how do you put faith in God uh, uh, in action in your life for, for forgiveness? You, you, you got to pray. You got to repent. Say, God, I, I'm wrong. I've done wrong. And, and I've been living the wrong way. And I know it. And, and I want to change. And, and then the Bible says, if we'll, if we'll call on his name by repenting of our sin and asking Jesus to come into our life. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And you may be here today. Uh, the same thing happens for healing. You can, we can be healed of our sicknesses and diseases by, by the application of the same kind of salvation faith. It's healing faith as well. What do you do? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll be healed. See, the same faith that saves is the same faith that heals. But you're here today and you know what? You know you need to get right with God. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you've known the Lord in your past. First John 1, 9 is such a wonderful verse. The New Testament says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. If you're not right with God right now or you're not really sure if you've been born again, listen, if you've been saved, you know it because there's been a life change. If your life hasn't changed, you're probably not. You say, well, pastor, I, I want to get right with God. If you'll pray with me right now, just right where you're at, you know, we're all at home today, you know, in a safe place, you're in your, you know, in your jammies and your pajamas and, you know, you're sitting on your couch or you're, maybe drinking a cup of coffee, put it down right there. You pray with me. Your conscience is bothering you. Somebody's watching. You know, you've known Jesus, but you just got away. It's time to come back. God is calling you back to himself. If you'll pray with me, Jesus will cleanse your sin. You'll be made right with God. Would you pray with me? Pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, I come right now in Jesus' name. I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me. See, pray it out loud. I ask you to forgive me for every sin, every sin I've ever committed in thought, pray it in word, in action, in, in my motivations. Forgive me now. And now pray with me. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me in the way I've been living and what I value. Come into my life and change me. Forgive every sin. Wipe it all away. Make me a brand new person. Right now, beginning today, I give my life to you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. See, see you pray that. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you say, you just did that and you repented of your sin. Walk it out. I encourage you when we, when I'm just about done, we'll go out and do the rest of our day today. I encourage you. Tell somebody, call somebody, somebody in your house. Say, I prayed with the pastor on, online and you know what? I gave my life to Jesus today. If you'll tell somebody, it, it, it'll stick and it gets stronger and stronger the more you talk about it. I encourage you. Welcome to the family of God. So glad you prayed with me. Follow through. Find a local church. We have a great one here. If you're in Raleigh, come and visit Victory Church at Raleigh. Find a good Bible teaching church. Find a church that believes the Bible, believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go there, read your Bible every day and pray. And your fellowship with God will grow. Now, I want to pray before we go. There's sickness in your body and the enemy's attacked you. I'd like to pray with you. And we'll challenge the fears that come. And we can ask God to heal you physically. How about, uh, how about just um, uh, put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing right now. 
And, and, and we can do this. And you know what? There, there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. So when I pray here, God, God will, will do it for you there. There's, there's a person, you, you've got a ringing in your ears. God, God's going to heal you today. There's, there's another person you've had, uh, you've had heart palpitations and they don't seem to be getting any better. God, 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 God wants to heal you today. You know, here, here's another person. There's something up with your muscles. You have spasms in the muscles and different parts of your body. And it really, really causes a lot of pain. I, I don't know what that is, but God, God's, God's going to heal you as we pray. There's another person. Uh, God uses me a lot, the gastrointestinal area, all the way from your esophagus on down. God, God will heal you. There are problems in your body. Lay your hands on the affected part. Those I just called out, God wants to heal you today, my friend. There's another person, chronic headaches. If you'll just place your hand on your head. We're going to pray and believe God. Here's another person. You've got pressure in your eyes and it's, it's and it's really, really uncomfortable. God's, God's going to heal you right now. Lay, lay your hands on yourself, whatever the affected part is. Uh, another person, you, you've got problems in the, in your nasal cavities. There are polyps that are growing. God's going to heal you of that in Jesus name. So, so you ready? You got your hand on the part of the, your body that needs healing. If I didn't call it out, it's okay. Let's believe God. Lay, lay your hands. You ready? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, pray with me out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe the Bible. I believe that Jesus became my sickness when he became my sin. And Father, I open my heart to receive. Now, let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name, for every person that needs healing. I say be healed in the name of Jesus. I say be whole in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the condition in Jesus' name, I command the divine, demonic forces, stop and leave in Jesus' name. I command the spirits of doubt and fear, be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, let your healing power right where they are. Lord, let it come upon them and let it drive out this condition. And let it come to pass that they're completely well in Jesus' name. Now, the next thing to do once you pray, let's all, right now we're closing. Lift your hands and thank God. Just thank him for healing you. Lord, thank you for healing that person of the headaches and the heart palpitations. Lord, of the gastrointestinal tract problems. Lord, the, the ringing in the ears. Lord, anything else, the, 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 the pressure in the eyes, the muscles. Thank you for healing them. And anything else, they laid their hands on themselves. Lord, thank you. Jesus took our sicknesses when he took our sins. And we receive from you by faith. Hey, follow that up. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, you'll have it. You'll trust God and just thank God. You know, whether you feel it right now or not, keep saying, Lord, I was prayed for. I believe, Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive, you'll have it. Just expect God. Just thank God for healing you. Every time you think about it and you know what you're going to find, that thing is melting away from your body. Some of you were healed instantly. Others, you know, others, as you go, you'll be healed as you, as you, as you thank God for his promises. Thank him for that sacrifice of healing in Jesus' body on the cross. <music>